Today we are recapping episode 205, I'll Stand By You. Um, so... <laughs> hmm. <laughs> this is starting so What to start well. with? <laughs> so well. This is going good. Um, okay, so I think the general consensus of this podcast is that we didn't love the episode. But let's start with something that we did like which is Michael's part of the episode. Yeah, shocker. Shocking, exactly. Completely non-biased from us. Um, so this was, uh, you know, defined by Karina and Vlamis a lot, you know, multiple times as the Michael Garin episode, um, which makes sense after having watched it. And we see more of Michael's childhood. Well, one scene of Michael's childhood and younger Michael through flashbacks. And we get to see um, the reunion with the pod squad when they were 11, which was heartbreaking. It was. Uh, you know, well done. Those kids. That was really well done. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. I um, They got that sort of anger, um, that Michael Garrett anger really right. That, mm-hmm. that bitterness that he's probably had since he was... Well, even younger than that, they did. It was it was great. Yeah. That switchblade, man. That's so Michael. Like <laughs> he's saying switchblade. <laughs> that yeah. switchblade. I just whoever's idea. That was that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. I um I you know I one scene that I wasn't expecting. I mean I wasn't really expecting any of them because I didn't pay any attention. But I did like seeing Michael not only as a kid but you know when he was a teenager again, and mm-hmm. then of course when he you know twenty one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it was such a good a good um, sort of glimpse into how Michael's been since he was a kid. I just I wasn't expecting any of that. Yeah. Um, well, since we're talking about that, let's talk about that. Um, the flashbacks. <clears throat> I mean, I, I love seeing teenager Michael. Um, I think he's hilarious. Um, but then, um, obviously, what the flashbacks are supposed to do is make us... Um, focus on Max and Michael's relationship, which is something that I know, Sarah, Sarah you agree with me because this way in your, in your notes, that um, to me personally, it's something that I always feel when, it's, when we have um, Max and Michael scenes, that Michael is always put down to prop Max up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I hate. And I, I think I've mentioned it before, but um, probably what made me most angry in those scenes is that in both the crash down scene and then the 21st, 21st birthday scene, um, they make it very obvious that basically Max thinks that Michael can survive on his own. Like today has no... Well, it just plays into this... this trend that has gone on the entire series that max makes decisions for 
for Michael and Isabel without yeah. consulting them. And he, you know, he constantly takes away Michael's agency and they constantly prop mm-hmm. Max up by, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, look what a good yeah. guy he is because he did this for Michael and he did, he became a cop for Michael, which I, I put it in the notes later. We've been told that Michael, that I'm sorry, that Max became a cop because he wanted to help people because of what they did to Rosa, not to do with Michael. And this is changing mm-hmm. right. his motivations mm-hmm. for becoming a cop to prop him up because he's such a terrible freaking person. Yeah. Well, and it's just not the, it's not the Michael and Max dynamic we've had since day one, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it truly is everything, nothing like what we've seen or what they've talked about in, in the entirety of season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ignoring some of the things that Max has said, it's ignoring any other backstory that we had until now. It's just, that was what was, I think more infuriating than anything. Um, That this episode, it felt like saying like Michael bad, Max good. Yeah. Whereas the whole story up until now has been very nuanced. They Mm -hmm. both make mistakes. They both, you know, their relationship is complicated. You know, it was, it was a lot more nuanced than this, except yeah. this episode really truly felt like for being a Michael Guerin episode, which it was felt like we, we weren't even talking about the same Michael Guerin and like yeah. everything previously that we had learned had just been sort of thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. that was my only thing really. And, and makes their relationship seem a lot different than what we've seen before. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's especially the fact that, it literally, like, they make Michael seem someone that is unable to accept help. But then again, what, what, what Max is doing is charity at that point. Like, it feels like he doesn't think that Michael is able to take care of, me, of himself. And Michael has survived foster care. He has survived homelessness. He is capable of taking care of himself without anyone. So... And that's something that we know and we've seen. So it doesn't make any sense. Right. It's also Max making that decision for everyone else. This is this is the one thing that's a running theme from the moment this show started. Max just makes decisions for people and then wonders why people mm-hmm. are angry mm-hmm. at the end of it sometimes. Like, or doesn't want to take responsibility for making those decisions for people. If you want to make those decisions, then the fallout of that also comes back on you. And I and they do acknowledge this about Max at, at a couple points, especially this season. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Liz said something to that yeah. effect that he right. he makes these decisions without consulting anybody. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. We're getting more about Max from other people yeah. than we ever got from mm-hmm. Max. Yeah, but and again, when when it comes to Michael. Um, it's always painted as it's Michael that made the wrong choice by not accepting that help. It's Michael that made the wrong choice by pushing Max away, you know, and it's it's Michael that has to repent or apologize for what it did. Oh, ask for, for ask, ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Which is bullshit, honestly. I mean, Michael is a, is an asshole and has been an asshole to multiple characters the whole time. We get it. He is also traumatized. Like, don't. I know. I know exactly what you're about to say. I know. <laughs> um, I I think for me, it's that um, you can't give us all of Michael's backstory and have this foundation of all of these different traumatic things that he's gone through only to end up where we ended up with this episode, which was 
Michael was violent. Michael was unstable. Michael was blah, 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 blah. And, and, and yeah. not connect it to the things that you've already, foundation you've already created. It was like it was two separate people. We have, yeah. you know, gone through all of these things. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, wow, it's crazy that Michael is acting out and, and being acting like a criminal. And I wonder why that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to a scene that I loved to be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was Michael's scene with Isabel. Decision's gonna fall on you. I know. It's not fair. But Max is your person. Wow. There it is. There what is? <laughs> you know, our whole lives you've kept your distance. And you've always insisted that you're an outsider. And I never got that. Because for me and Max, you were family. You always were. On the worst day, you get to say, no, no, he's your person. Pretend like he hasn't been ours all along. I see that now. You got me. My abandonment issues have all been a long con in case your half-resurrected brother decides to short-circuit his stasis pod. Um... First of all, because we haven't seen them much together this season and I miss them. Um, Second thing is, of course, I still don't like everything related to Isabel's pregnancy. We've discussed this. We know what it is. But I loved it. I loved that she's, you know, calling me out and saying, you don't get to, you know, say that now you don't care. Now you don't want to be you know, part of the decision-making and everything. Um, you know, we, we are a family. We are, we all, we've always considered you family. So now you get to make, you know, you, you have to be included. You don't get to, you know, take yourself off of the equation now. But has he been included up to this point? I mean, from like, Isabel, okay. From I, Isabel's point I, of view. Isabel's what? standpoint. From Isabel's point of view, I can accept mm-hmm. this. If it had been Max saying it... Mm-hmm. I would have said no, but it's Isabel right. saying it. So that hits right. different, you know? Um, and also Michael saying that he would have been there for her if she had said something, you know, about the, the pregnancy and Isabel, you know, swapping his hair back. I do love their scenes together, and that was a good scene. I just, it, yeah. it even it being Isabel... The whole part about, you know, like, you don't get to take yourself out of the decision-making process. It, it hit me. I, maybe I'm overly sensitive to stuff like that. But he he's never been a part of the decision-making process, except for maybe when they sent Liz away. That's true. And so, so no, he's, he's not. He's not. I mean, right. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. You know, the overarching, my only, you know, and, and, and first of all, I do want to say that it is possible to be critical of a show that we love, right? Like, that's why we're here. Um, And so there's been some, like, you know, weird stuff about people being negative. Overall, that has been my biggest problem so far with the first five episodes of this season. One, it's too chaotic. And two, it's like we get glimpses of the characters as as we know them. But then they'll, you know, have these scenes or have these conversations where it's like, I I don't know these characters. Like, Mm -hmm. it it, it feels so out of character. 
And the Michael that we saw in this episode, in parts, is not the Michael that I have known since the beginning of the series. Yeah. and, And not in a way of building more character development. It was like a whole new character. Yeah. It's like we're rewriting history constantly, which there may be a purpose for that. But like the, I loved the Isabella Michael conversation. It was sweet, very much like a, a soft sibling moment. But that decision making process line is not at all what we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So that's that. There's a disconnect there. I appreciate Isabel wanting to involve Michael in that decision. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It absolutely. just it doesn't. It just didn't hit right. It did. It didn't land. It didn't land the way that they meant it to, because he's never been part of the process up until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get to um, uh, we get to Michael's breakdowns. Um, he has two scenes um, in which he has breakdown. One is when he can't get the car to work and he pounds on it. Uh, which I think was the scene Karina said was inspired or stolen directly from Supernatural. I have no idea. Yeah, there's a scene early, like 18,000 years ago in early Supernatural where Dean beat the their Impala because he was mad about it. I think about, I think about his dad dying. So I have no memory. I do not want to remember. <laughs> but anyway, to watch, so. it's my sister's favorite show. I have no choice. Anyway, that was... <laughs> A lovely scene. Um, and then together with um, the second breakdown when Max dies. Dies. Um, <laughs> dies, yeah. Um, I think it w- I thought it was amazing acting. Um, and then oh, yeah. just having the whole experience of the episode, knowing that Vlamis was channeling, you know, the, the loss of his friend throughout mm-hmm. the episode and, you know, to, to act those scenes was just amazing. Like, it really fucks you up even more than... Oh, yeah. I mean, any any problems I have with the show is usually almost... It's never, like, the actors. Like, they yeah. do very well Blamis with will these emotions. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he, does, he did fantastic, even if I don't love some of the writing sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, any, they all mm-hmm. did very well, especially Blamus in this episode. So mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, he, anytime he is about to cry, I'm about to cry. Like, yeah. Like, I think it's just because, I think it's part of it when you watch because Blamus is like an overgrown puppy. Yeah. And so when you're like, literally, it's like watching someone kick a puppy. You're like, no, mm-hmm. no, he's not supposed to cry. He's supposed to smile yeah. all the time. So it's, it's, that was, that part was very good. I loved the scene with the car because mm-hmm. it was ve- to me that was very Garen that he's yeah. Oh, yeah. you know he can't he can't fix what's really the problem so he's going to fixate on this car and try to fix Max's car. And if there's one person in this world that cannot process emotions, holy shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I mean just not a not one and I get why yeah. but Jesus, you're like, okay, you is there one emotion you can process? Is there like one thing? No, Garen has no? zero okay. coping mechanisms. Zero healthy yeah. ones. Right. <laughs> yeah. He has zero healthy ones, which is fine. I guess I guess between if you're you know, if the alternative is Drink a lot, sleep with random people, or beat the shit out of a car. I guess I will take the beating the shit out of the car. Yeah. Can I just say that I'm so glad? I'm so glad that they didn't have him get wasted. Oh, yeah. When all this was going on. Yeah. I'm so grateful that they didn't go that direction because I know that I know that's his unhealthy coping mechanism. I mean, it would have been it would have it would have fit in fit in with him for sure. Yeah. It would have, but I'm glad that they didn't. 
I'm glad that they went with something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last note I had for Michael in this episode was uh, introduced by a very shallow note, which is, I am so glad we got to see him in that long-sleeved white shirt again. <laughs> oh, I know. So good. So good. Oh, I stared. On mute, because I hate that scene. But Respectfully. Yeah. We stare respectfully, <laughs> Mr. Vlance. No, I objectify the shit out of you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth, Mick. Anyway. anyway <laughs> he, um, that meant that he looked very hot while, <laughs> you know, doing his heartbreaking monologue to uh, Comatose Max. Um, all of him talking about why he is the way he is that hit really hard oh yeah mm-hmm. um because we don't see it's something that we don't see him do a lot i think it's it's just little moments we didn't really get a full-on conversation even when he talked about his childhood with how with alex so um that was kind of probably the first time the first episode that we really saw him be like yeah i have issues shocker you know and he said it to someone in a coma <laughs> he, he said, said it to, to isabel as well you know it was oh, yeah. like oh yeah i, I know, have abandonment like... issues shocker, Jesus. you know but but yes um the part that i didn't like is that he said what he said about um Max being the only one that didn't push him away. Ah! When, because, you know, you can say whatever you want about everyone else letting him do that. Alex, Maria, you can say whatever you want about romantic relationships, romantic partners doing that. But Isabel is sitting mm-hmm. right there and she never pushed him away. And Isabel's the one between her and Max that has accepted Michael for who he is. Yeah. I mean, she may make snarky comments. She may call him a street rat or whatever, but right. yeah. she does love and accept him for who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's not even just that line. I think it's, I'm not opposed to Michael and Max being a family. Of course I'm not. I want Michael to have family. And I of want course. Max to, I mean, I, I know that I hate on Max, but I would love if the pod squad were, you, you know, a united front and gave each other comfort. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. My issue really is that it's just not what we've seen. Yeah. And so his monologue to Max felt like what you do, like what Kyle said, what, two episodes ago about that bargaining that people mm-hmm. do in a waiting room. That's what it felt like. That Michael was, if you wake up, I promise we'll do this yeah. or I'll do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of a rom- romanticized view of their relationship, which is totally fine. But I'm, I'm more interested. I just wonder what's going to be like with Evil Max or whatever the fuck he is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what continues with the two of them. I just don't want it to end here and then just be like, well, it's it's a new start or whatever. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next topic is max and healing max uh, or reviving max or whatever you want to call it uh, which was a big part of the episode to me what felt like not the weirdest thing but like what upset me the most and i'm about to say something nice about max here is that they didn't no one listened to him mm-hmm. consent matters yeah you can't be here it's finally ending i can't, I can't feel it but I don't know what happens if you're in my head when I die. So it's true. You want this? 
I could feel my connection to the outside world getting stronger. So I, I snapped. I couldn't take it anymore. I released a surge. You have to let me go. This. Um, so when he said, no matter why he said that he didn't want to be saved, whether it was because he was in pain or he didn't want to hurt anyone else, at the end of the day, he said it explicitly to multiple people and no one listened to him. And it doesn't matter your reasoning. Medical consent matters, right? Mm-hmm. If you just think about it in the larger picture of imagine ignoring someone's DNR. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you've laid out explicit instructions on what to do with you medically with people that you trust. And I know that the show's not going this deep and I get it. But Mm -hmm. if not following those wishes when it comes to things like this gets under my skin Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I understand that it's for a narrative purpose. But Max said it. That was his consent for what he wanted. And, and other people's feelings mattered more than what Max asked them to do. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. Yeah. He was begging you to let him die? Yeah. And not to relieve his suffering either, but because he's scared he's going to hurt us. If, if, if Max survives at all, he's going to be weak. When he saved Rosa, he absorbed all of that dark energy. He's going to have to expel it. And, and, and he's afraid he's going to kill someone when he does. Yeah. So we just need someone stronger than Max to take that hit. Isabel. Look, if he thinks that he needs to protect us, he obviously doesn't know how capable we are. Bring him back, Liz. I'll handle the rest. So, and not to get too deep into personal life here, you guys know what happened with my mom. Mm -hmm. And... So right to die is very important to me. It's a it's an issue that's very close to my heart. My mother was given my mother was given a terminal cancer diagnosis. There was nothing that they could do for her. She made it very clear in writing and in speaking to to me and other members of our family that she did not want to suffer. She did not want to linger in pain. Right. And mm-hmm. when the time came, we we respected those wishes mm-hmm. and let her go and let her die on her own terms. And so as soon as they started this with Max, where he's like, I, let me die. I want to die. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is, yeah. they're they're not going to respect his wishes. And Because to- Max, no matter, Ma- no matter what your issues with Max are, he has the right to say what he wants. And again, I know. Everyone has the right to die on their own terms. Right. And I get, obviously, they were not going to let him die for, just for the right. show's purpose. I get that. And, I, and I'm not saying... I know this is not going to sound like me. I'm not saying I wanted him to die. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the, a case of just like we've seen before, where a narrative part or, or a plot device or a moment in the plot, people don't think about what the larger stakes are and like yeah. what it represents on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. And And maybe it's that we overanalyze or we, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, to me, it's a, that's obvious. Casual viewer, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was watching the episode with my niece, who's a teenager, and I had to explain to her why mm-hmm. that wasn't okay because she was just excited that they were going to bring Max back, right? I mean, and I get that. And I think she's a much more casual right. viewer, a younger viewer, you know. And it was kind of—I mean, I do kind of appreciate that because it was—it kind of, was a teaching moment. I got to explain to her, you know. But 
she didn't get it and she's just like oh max is back like uh, yeah great i didn't want them to kill max either really because right i mm-hmm. just i just didn't who would we bitch about who would we can we can about? dislike max and <laughs> not want him to die yeah um so kyle in all of this is still the only same person apparently <laughs> Which is the running theme of Roswell, New Mexico. King Kyle. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, okay, outside of Rosa, because Rosa has been talking to Max and all of this, but I think he's the only person that really understands why Max doesn't want to be brought back. And, you know, he has this whole speech about ethics and all of this. And, of course, you know, he's a doctor. He's probably been in, situ- in similar situations before. Not with people that he knew or cared about, maybe, but... You know, we have to assume that he has experience with this. And I think, I think in a way to me, it's, it feels very unfair to Kyle's character that they have him go through this anyway, you know, because he has such strong morals and this is going against everything that he believes in, which he states explicitly. Right. Um, we know that he will do anything for Liz that, that has been established. But after the last episode where he says, you know, you know, I can't com- compromise myself because of you anymore or for you anymore. I don't know. It just feels weird that they're still putting me through all of this, you know? Mm-hmm. You got this look in your eyes like you think I'm crazy. This look? I get this look every time I use my workplace to conduct an impossible emergency alien heart transplant. Solo. He's going to die, Liz. We're risking everything to do this and maybe, maybe he lives long enough for you to... Get a minute with him before that heart gives out. A minute is all I need. I, I felt for I felt for Kyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's an impossible situation, and I don't know that whole thing. Just it just rubs me the wrong way so bad that I, I right. And and I wonder how many times they're gonna have to push Kyle to keep going against his ethics and yeah. and and what that means for him. And and do you do that to your friends? Do you? Is this more of Liz? Not necessarily on purpose, but incidentally taking advantage of Kyle's feelings yeah. for her. And how many times are we going to do well, that? Well, and at what point does Kyle say no? Yeah, right, exactly. Right. At what point does he draw the line? I mean. Right. And, and, and which he would have every right to do. Yeah. And he's already put his sort of foot down a little bit about something. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping that happens again. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So then we have Max dying. Um, which hit hard, one, because they they were very rude and put first day of my life over that. Uh, which, yeah, who the <laughs> fuck asked for that? Wait, like, what the hell? Um, second, uh, of course, he's, he's brought back, you know, right away uh, with Rosa suddenly having powers. Um, but that scene hit hard, not because I particularly like Max, but because... Janine and Vlamis were just oh yeah so good oh yeah that was that was amazing that was amazing yeah um and last thing for Max is he comes back three weeks later um and he's evil 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 Max he's evil he's evil yeah (laughs) what I wish they had a goatee I wish he had a goatee yeah you said this like two weeks ago yeah I I knew I knew I was like son Mm. of a whore they're gonna make him come back (laughs) and they're gonna like I knew it. I'm, I'm telling you. And I, I mean, it makes sense 
in a CW kind of mm-hmm. way, you know, that of course he's going to yeah. come back, but you can't expect someone to just come back and it be hunky dory because then what would have been the point of the entire fucking thing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and exactly. And because they put him in, in Noah's part and no one apparently mm-hmm. realized that he was turning evil, like... Mm-hmm. Are you dumb? Like, literally, no one literally told you that he went evil because of the pod. And see, that's the thing. That's the I Okay, I, I put this in the notes talking about the pods because once Mick pointed this out, it infuriated me. I had just assumed up to this point that they had switched Max to one of the, you know, air quote, good pods. Yeah. I didn't think that they were stupid enough to leave him in Noah's broken fucking pod. Yeah. And now that Mick has pointed this out... <laughs> I'll never be over it. No, real. you're literally a team of geniuses. So smart. Why did none of you have a brain cell here? Just one person at the time and that person is always Kyle. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? That's Kyle should be in every scene ever just being behind being like, guys, I, I have an objection and I think we should do it this way. That's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> So let's move on to Rosa. These bitch ass aliens. She has the most epic one liners in this episode. Um, it, it just starts mm. with You can you can get it ready for his return and do the whole domestic bliss. I'm so thing. sorry. Who are you and what happened to how could you forgive the bastion of white male privilege? <sighs> you want your own room. I need i deserve my own room list move the fuck out (laughs) um and then when she says to isabel no no i'm here for you i need to talk to max what i need to make sure that it's him in your dreams and not just some freaky drug addict nightmare that you're having no offense okay you know you can't just say no offense after you say something offensive (laughs) i love her which is so true i love her and i love i love Rosa and Isabel's dynamic. I mean, it's ruined yeah. five seconds later. Yeah. But I I really do love their dynamic. Yeah. And then they have to go and have Isabel knock Rosa out with a book. <laughs> oh, my God. And get inside her head. Way to violate other people's bodies right after your body was violated, Isabel. I just, I'm just staring because I don't know what else to say. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know whose idea. I don't know why that was in a show that is so concerned with consent. Why in this episode did we just say, fuck it? Why? Multiple times. Why did we say, why, why is that a thing? Um, Mm -hmm. I, News fucking flash. You don't fucking hit people for laughs. Yeah. To incapacitate their body and knock them out. Yeah. News fucking flash. You don't do it. That's gross. You don't think Isabel could have taken 30 seconds to explain to Rosa why she needed to do this and is and Rosa would have been rational and yeah. and gone along with it. Yeah. Maybe it's not the best, most dramatic, all of that, but maybe having Isabel put her hands on Rosa and knock her out, maybe is not great and it's not funny yeah and i'm so sorry i just feel like i'm always like the mom at the party being like you know guys this isn't funny (laughs) but it you know that's but it's not funny no i mean you're right it's not yeah and then and then also isabel just doesn't just leave rosa at max's house she also locks her in the closet which uh again was a choice (laughs) But then I, I guess the important thing of the episode for Rosa is that we 
we find out or they they clarify i guess because we we'd seen this happen that she has powers mm, yes i mean it's interesting and it is i don't know if a throwback technically but on the original show the humans developed abilities from their interactions with aliens right 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 and i i like the idea of rosa having powers it bugged me that all of a sudden she has enough control okay earlier in the episode she blows up a boombox on accident and then by the end of the episode she has enough control that she can shock max's heart with just the right amount of energy i mean science let's i mean science is not <laughs> the key around new mexico yeah we're not let's just let's give them that you know what we've been crit- criticizing them a lot lately i'm just gonna give you science because uh, fuck it i don't i can't complain about that <laughs> all of it just all of science do, ever do science what you will i can't i can't oh so that that's the line this this is the line that we're yeah yeah okay yeah. okay Take a deep breath, guys, because we're gonna get into it. The Alex and Maria scenes. Woosa. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna take a screen cap of this one day. Because I don't... I have been looking forward to this scene, and they needed this scene for a long time. Not only to reestablish that Alex and Maria are, in fact, actually friends, Mm -hmm. because I'm sorry... They have not actually shared a substantial scene since 109. Yeah. And we're at 205. Mm -hmm. That is nine episodes with no actual interaction between two best friends. Yeah. So this is a long time coming. This is a long time coming. (laughs) (laughs) Nine episodes to basically high five each other and say we're even. It's that Monica and Chandler scene from Friends after they get married and Chandler fucks up and Monica fucks up and the resolution is they high five and say, even? Okay, that's what that was. I'm going to do a parallel gift set of that because that is infuriating. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was my... Everything is swept under the rug. Everything in just a moment. It's whack. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> If we can assume that there's like a week or two between every episode, yeah. think about how many weeks that's been. It's been so long. It's been months. It's been I mean, months. Why even show up now then? Like, why even have that conversation then? Why even do it? They could have not had that conversation. Right. And you know what? I was expecting it, to be honest. Like, after the last episode um, and Alex giving up on Michael, yeah. um, I was expecting it to go... You know, that way with Alex being like, yeah, it's okay, you know, whatever. Um, Mostly because I think he's convincing himself that he has to let Michael go and Michael can be happy without him and he doesn't have to get in his... I think it plays into him not wanting to get in Michael's way. Right. But I didn't think they were actually going to go the, oh, we're even way, because it's not remotely the same thing. Well, also, first of all, let's, let's, let's take a step back emotions and pain and all of those things are not some sort of score to keep right yeah so first of all saying we're even it's pain and trauma aren't tit for tat yeah if i run over your dog and you forget my coffee those are two fucking different things and it's not even because it's you know what i mean does that make sense like it's just Mm -hmm. it's not how that works first of all second of all i i don't want alex and maria to be at odds and fight 
over Michael Guerin. That's yeah. not what I want. And that's not what I wanted to see. But I did want to see a more nuanced conversation than, mm-hmm. hey, we're even. Yeah. Like, rather than addressing serious issues between friends, rather than addressing that my Alex didn't communicate with Maria. Yeah. And then Maria didn't communicate with Alex about something different. Like, this is a, a good chance to show actual nuanced friendship. Yeah. And what they did was not let Alex be angry and then just even it out. Yeah. And also, I mean, they kind of did the, I didn't I didn't tell you that we had history. You know, I went ahead and, and, and hooked up with him anyway. But like, the thing is, this conversation would have made sense if it had been in episode 201. Mm-hmm. That w- was when it would have made sense. Because at that point... It's a kiss. They've just had a moment of passion. It's fine. Hey, here's this thing. I, this is what I'm feeling. You're one of my closest friends. How do we navigate this? Right? Yeah, exactly. But by this point, we know from the finale that Maria knows that Alex is still in love with Michael because she says so explicitly to Liz. Mm-hmm. And Maria, by now, has tried like, what, four times to be in a relationship with Michael? And is, is just now thinking that she has to talk to Alex? Nah. I guess then, then, you know, for me, like, what was the point of even making them friends? Right? Like, what was the point of, because you haven't really shown it. Yeah. You haven't, you know, let them actually talk like friends would. Because, I mean, this is, a, you know, what Karina talks about a lot and what the show wants you to, to realize or, or think is, like, these are real human emotions and, to, you know, think about in real life. In real life? If I were Alex, I would have lost my damn mind. Now, they're never going to let Alex be angry. Yeah. At least for now. But I, I, I guess the the never have it, just, just don't make them friends. Then what was the point? N- none of it made any sense. Yeah. And I think, see, the thing is, because I love Maria. I don't want to hate Maria. Right. But like. Well, and the thing is, is that I like Maria, but it feels like it's belittling the same sex relationship. Yeah. Is what it feels like. Does that mean? Yes. And, I, and I don't want to be one of those Malik shippers that it's like, you know, that's not what I'm trying to do. I think I'm, I'm trying to be critical and turn a critical eye to what it feels like when I watch. And what it feels like is that it's belittling what they had when they were teenagers, not only because they were teenagers, but also because it was two men. And I know that's not their intent, but that's what it feels like when I watch it. It that it's that it, yeah. that's what it feels at the end of the day. It feels like, well, what Michael and Maria have now is real. Don't worry about what we had as a teenager because it didn't mean anything. Yeah. And also, what upsets me the most at this moment is that, you know, that they're putting Alex down, you know, like he's a gay, biracial, disabled man. And he's the one with no characterization. He's suddenly okay with any of it, with all of it. Is martyrs himself martyrs himself constantly for Michael. Yeah, martyrs himself all the time. And you know, when I said it, I said it last episode and there was a couple people that messaged me that were um, curious and upset because I called and said that Alex was a plot device for Michael. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this episode is another instance where Alex's characterization is overshadowed by a lot of other people. And a lot of other events. Yeah. Alex's character deserves the same chance to grow as everyone else's. And I, I, we're only five episodes in. We have eight more episodes. Plenty of time. But my fear... So the fact that they won't let Alex have an emotion. Yeah, exactly. Like a deep, heartfelt, noticeable emotion about something that 
is important to him to somebody that is supposed to be his best friend. Mm -hmm. That says a lot to me about what, how they're writing that character. Yeah. Well, and my hope is that, my hope is that eventually, the further we get into the season, I want there to be a moment where Alex kind of loses it. And really, because I just, I get this feeling that this is not really how Alex feels. Mm -hmm about all of these things. And I would love the payoff to be a scene where he just loses it on Maria, on Michael. Like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> I don't, you know, um, I, you know, it always reminds it's like I want Alex to have that scene. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Waiting, but at the end as he as he's leaving the party and he's like, fuck you, fuck you, and especially fuck you. Like, yeah. not that I think that's necessarily what they're going to let Alex do. But I do want Alex to be able, and maybe this is part of his character development that we're going to see. I don't know. But I want to see him have to stand his ground. He has every right to say, yeah, I, we, he has the right to be upset about different things and let him do it. Let him show it. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not saying that he had to yell at Maria. I'm not saying no, that. No, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. Before we get anybody angry, that's not. I think it makes sense for him, especially after two, three months of knowing that Michael and Maria were trying to have a relationship because Michael told him. Um, I think it makes sense that he has re reached a point where he's like, eh, whatever, I can do anything about that, you know? But then we didn't see how he was before. You know, we didn't see him get to that point. It's okay to say, here's what, here's, and you know what? I feel like it reflects fandom. It's okay to be... A upset with someone that you love yeah it's okay to be critical of, of something or someone you love's actions it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean that there's not love there mm -hmm. it's okay for alex to be upset that maria and michael are developing a relationship even if it's only for a minute yeah they talk it out he, he realizes that what they had is in the past because they did they have broken up sixty-five thousand times in <laughs> a while um but, you know, it's that's fine. It's over. It's not that he, in, for any other purpose other than a sort of a closure mm -hmm. to say, okay, if Michael and I really aren't going to be together, um, there, it's still okay to want communication and closure and a no asking a lot from a CW show, <sighs> but it's okay to have nuanced conversations. God, please, honestly. Uh, okay, so let's move on to... The Malik flashback. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm fine. That is I'm not here. healing right. You need to get it looked at. I'm fine. I just forgot about it for a second. Because for a second, I forgot about everything except you. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I sent... I sent a copy of the of the gift that Amanda made of the cheek kiss, and I was like, "I'm I'm gonna have to lie down for eight hundred years." Fuck off, that is a cheek kiss. Are you fucking kidding me? I, you know, what's funny is I I did not pay attention to anything about this episode. I didn't even know what this episode was going to be. Had no fucking clue what was even gonna happen. Started the episode, and then when that started, I literally I was sitting on my couch and like through my laptop <laughs> like had to go and chase my laptop down because the minute that they panned over the truck i was like holy shit malik so i'm like through my laptop and i was like okay well i gotta pick that up again like this is not going very well newsflash to our listeners newsflash to our listeners we like them a normal amount <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fine oh god that was such a good scene um it was so beautiful and and so they the one thing this show does well 
and has done well from the from episode six to now is they get young love so mm-hmm. they do it so well. Yeah. I just every time I watch their scenes and Echo scenes back when we had those teen Echo, it reminds me of being sixteen and seventeen again. Like I I feel it. I remember having you know my girlfriend when I was 16 and like we had like a spot that we always went to that where there was no one else you know and it was just mm-hmm. I felt it again and in watching those it felt like I was 17 again because I'm actually a grandma that was a very <laughs> long time ago and it's they get it so well and especially that sort of when you're 17 and you say these very stupid romantic things to one another that are actually kind of cheesy, but so, so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like that, they just capped that whole scene. I just want to live in it forever. Yeah. <laughs> I loved all of it. They were so soft. And it was just that, I mean, the, the, the softness. Yes. The softness, the, I forgot about everything for mm-hmm. a second. I forgot about everything except you. I mean, the, what a fucking douchebag. Like, I love him so much. But <laughs> what a 17 year old boy thing to say. And I loved every moment of it. I was like, okay like <laughs> I, I i did love alex's line um about how he didn't want to be with michael if he was wasting his life and then you know my mind immediately flashed back to the reunion and you know you're wasting your life garrett and i'm just like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah that was good i loved alex saying i can't be your medicine yeah oh because yeah. i think there was a real a, a very real thing to say and it's fucking it's true it makes sense for them um but also that, you know, it makes sense for 17-year-old Alex to be like, you know, I don't want you, like, I don't want you to get in fights, you know, be careful, like, don't break the law, mayhaps. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's like, okay, can you just, like, try to not be a criminal? Try, maybe. <laughs> don't steal Kyle's hubcaps, maybe. <laughs> just a thought. Um, but, okay, but that then... When we go back to, you know, when the flashback ends and we're back with Alex and Maria, what they tie that into is why Alex left, why he joined the military. And, you know, Alex saying that he didn't want to be around Michael being violent. And Maria saying that she, you know, it's, it makes sense because Alex grew up in an abusive home. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure Karina said that Liz and Maria did not know that. Um, and then they... Th- oh! <clears throat> yes. And- Go ahead. Yes, Amanda. It's totally valid. It's totally valid. Ignoring the fact that how does Maria know? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just a plot hole that is going to haunt me till the day I die. It's fine. It's totally valid to say, if you grew up in abusive households, your 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 a lot of instinct is to shy away from violence of any kind, right? Yeah. But also, there's a difference between violence and like petty crimes when you're a teenager, right? Yeah. Like, so equating, I'm not saying that he didn't start fights or you know do something dumb. That's not what I'm saying. But equating stealing hubcaps mm-hmm. with abuse, yeah, was a cho- was a choice. Yeah. Um. And and also again. I would like, you know, Michael is also an abuse victim. Yeah. There's a reason that he did it. I, 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 that part just rubbed me wrong because it's not, he was an idiot. Michael was clearly an idiot. He was, you know, a, clearly acting stupid and has started bar fights and, and been dumb. But what I don't like is the insinuation that he was violent in some way towards people that he cared about in that way. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was a very murky 
area. I didn't like the line. I don't think it was necessary. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Because that's not, Maria doesn't know. No one knows. He kept, you know, Alex didn't tell anyone about his, his history except Kyle and Michael. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So moving on from Alex, um, the last couple of things that we have left to mention is, um, the, the reason, the excuse Maria had to show up was, um, her mom's computer, which she wanted to get into and then apparently didn't want to know. Because it was a reason for her to go to Alex so they could have that scene. There's really no point. Yeah. And, but that ties into, um, Another thing that is enraging for me is that I loved, I would have adored their scenes together in this episode if it hadn't been for the love triangle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Alex saying, how do straight men survive you? And Maria sitting in his lap and them laughing together. I would have adored those things. And I do like them, but it doesn't make any sense, you know, in the context of where they are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's enraging to me. I, I would have loved to see that before. I agree. Oh, I agree. It didn't bug me as much as I know it bugged you guys. Just, but I mean, I did like the scenes. I thought they were cute. I, you know, it, would I like to have seen more from the Maria and Alex conversation? Absolutely. Yeah. But I did like seeing Alex interact with somebody who wasn't Michael mm-hmm. and just kind of That's living key. in his own skin in his house. That is key. They have, and, and, you know, and as a Malik shipper, of course, I'm happy that like, Every Alex scene has been a Michael scene, like, of course. Mm-hmm. But also, and then and just because I, Michael's my favorite character doesn't mean that I don't love and adore Alex. I want character development for him outside of Malik's. Of course I do. Yeah. I don't want every scene to be in service of Michael. And, and, and we're, yeah. and I'm hope, and I think next episode, maybe we'll get some, we'll get some more of that because it's been confirmed by one of the writers that Forrest will be there. Um, and so I think that's going to be the start of, of more Alex stuff outside of Malik's. Mm. Okay, so that was our episode five recap. We'll be back next week with episode, episode six. And in the meantime, you guys can catch up on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr at Queer Rain Blast and on notthatcomplicated.net. And send all your questions and feedback. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>